I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Hello, everybody. I am so happy to say that I am not alone this week. I have a lovely new friend and guest on this week. Her name is Meg. She's fabulous. Meg, tell us about yourself. <laughs> Hi. Um, yes, good job. My name is Meg. <laughs> You're right. like, you put um, me on the spot. <laughs> well, you know, it's like when someone asks you a question, you forget every single thing about yourself ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I you. asked you this on our first meeting, but what's your sign of the Zodiac? Let's start with that and then we'll work okay. our way out. Um, I'm a Capricorn. Okay. Um, yeah. Early, early January Capricorn. If anybody is like super into astrology and that so your birthday is coming makes, up. Yeah. My birthday is coming up. January. January 5th. January 5th. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's literally like a month and a few days away. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm from West Michigan, but, uh, for the most part, I'm in Chicago. Um, I go to art school out here. So I sold my soul to a private institution and now (laughs) I just kind of chill in the big city most of the time. But that's what artists have to do. You know, my, my dad went to school for fine art and then ended up in advertising. I have a friend that kind of was the same route and ended up doing like mm-hmm. advertising and graphic design and things like that as well, working for like yeah. a big company and it's very corporate and things like that. And it's so funny, like, especially for my dad, cause you would never see him as like a corporate person, but it's like an artist got to eat, you know? Yeah. My mom was a graphic design major and I grew up around all that stuff and that's really fun, but um, I'm an education major. So 
Different route. <laughs> Different route. But you still, um, tonight you're getting ready for like a big presentation, right? For tomorrow, remind me exactly what you're doing. The picture oh. you sent me earlier today of like the artwork. Oh, that's a totally different thing. That's so a totally have, different thing. Okay. That's a totally different thing. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah. Tomorrow is like a class presentation um, about okay. um, special education in the art room. And tomorrow night um, is a gallery opening in Wicker Park that I'm a part of at Heaven Ooh. Gallery. Yeah. It'll be I for, love that. I think it goes down the 10th of December. It's only up for like two weeks. All right. Chicago listeners, if you're in the area. Go stalk Meg's artwork and <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Well, I, I love Chicago. I miss Chicago, but I don't think I miss it in the winter. The time that I went in January was pretty miserable. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you're surviving. Yeah, I mean, since I'm from the Midwest, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of desensitized to it. Uh, actually, I had someone tell me the other day, they were like, you just have to embrace it. And yes. I was like, Okay. (laughs) Like maybe I just have to learn this. And I think that's the difference between me in Los Angeles and me in the Midwest because I anticipate it being colder if I go to Mm. Minnesota, where when I'm here, if it's 50 degrees, I don't have the wardrobe. I don't have the mental preparedness. Like none of that works for me anymore. Where growing up, it was just part of my day to day life. But Pretty much once I turned 18, I was like, I will never live in a place where I have to like own one of those window scrapers anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. like or being from to, Michigan, you know that. Yeah. You're, you have to like actually shovel your your car off. That happened yes. to someone that I knew the other day. They We got hit with a really bad snowstorm and they just fully took a snow shovel to their uh, front window. And Oh, yeah. Or it'll be car. like under the car and in the side. So you're like packed in and you can't go Mm -hmm. anywhere. I I mean, this is like a story for another time when you and I are just chatting, but like last year for Christmas when Max and I were coming home from Sun Valley, Idaho, we hit a blizzard for like five hours or so where you Mm -hmm. literally could not see within a foot in front of us. And it was terrifying. There's a longer story to that, but I won't get into it. Um, So let's see what else about you. Can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 20. You're 20. Oh my God. I never would have guessed that you're 20. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little baby. You're 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. That always blows my mind. With people. Just don't think about it. Just, Just don't, don't think, think about, about it. I think <laughs> I mention how old I feel in comparison to other people more than other people think about it because I'm not typically around a lot of people that are younger than me, except for I am now mm-hmm. with my job and I, but I like it. I, f- I feel, I feel fulfilled in the role of being the older friend that gives like good hugs and advice and things like that. So I guess yeah, big sister. Oh, I love that. I always want to be like <laughs> the cool aunt or the mom or the big sister. I'm definitely more the mom, especially because I nanny and things like that. Yeah. But, Wait, um, you, you, are you an only child or do you have siblings? I can't I'm remember. an only child. Okay. Yeah. Same. We're lucky. We got all of our parents' attention, good or bad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Did you play any sports growing up? Um, I played volleyball for a while. Um, and then I quickly left that. (laughs) (laughs) Um I was I was primarily like um music, theater, art, uh the trifecta. Um I was a choir kid for like eight years. So that was the majority of my time in my life. Yeah. Do you have a favorite musical? Oh, 
Or just like one that you really like that came to your mind when you think about it? I don't know. I really like Heather's. <gasps> I love Heather's too. Heather's is so fun. I don't and... know. The, I don't know the musical as well as I know just the original movie, but I do need to get to know the musical a little bit better. Yeah, and I love I love Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia is like, you know, like you're really fucked up on like a weekend. And you're like hanging with your friends. And you're just like, hey, let's watch a movie, and then like Mamma Mia, you know. Well, and it's all like 2 a.m. ABBA music. And I yeah. love ABBA. There was a band when I was growing up called A-Teens. I think it was like a group of Swedish kids. It was two boys and two girls that did all mm. ABBA covers. Mm-hmm. And that was like my shit growing up. So I know all the ABBA songs and love them. But like Mama Mia was never one that I really knew much when I was growing up, I grew up like I remember Wicked was like the biggest thing mm-hmm. when I was in high school. That was like what everyone would sing for every audition and things like that. I, I actually live uh, right next to the Nederlander Theater. Like if I look out my window, I can't see the sign, but I can see it reflected in yeah. the apartment, apartments across from me. And that's where they're having Wicked right now. So Are sometimes they? in the middle... Yeah, so 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 sometimes in the middle of the night I'll just hear like really <laughs> like deep bass. Like I can't hear any of the music, but sometimes I'll just like catch a little bit of the bass Ooh. and I'm like, oh, they're having fun. I yeah. love that. Have you ever seen it? No, I always um I always wanted to. Like their first the original tour, I don't know, like 15, 10 years ago. Yeah, it was probably it was. something like that. Um, I really, really wanted to go and like I would see advertisements for it and all the yeah. time. Um, I remember going through like the O'Hare airport and they had a ton of advertisements for it. And my little self was just like, Mom, I want to go. I gotta like, go. We didn't, we didn't have money for Broadway tickets. So, like, no, oh my I'll, gosh. Yeah. Although I was like a child, like very small, like I wouldn't have been able to fully appreciate it. So, yeah. My was... first Broadway show was Lion King and that was <gasps> awesome. Because, well, first of all, it was just awesome in general, but yeah. um, also I, so when I was in high school, I was um, kind of like the head of my uh, um, makeup department in the theater. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Like I competed in like Thespian Festival and all that I stuff, like that. for makeup and all that. And oh my I God, actually, wait, you went to the Thespian Festival? Yeah, I went to wait, the Thespian Festival. In the one Fest. in Lincoln, Nebraska? No, the one in Michigan. Oh, damn. Because I, yeah. I would go to like some international thespian festival I went one year and it was in Lincoln, Nebraska on their campus. I would have just gotten oh very excited. There's no way our paths would have crossed. But. No, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, um, but like I'm still super into like uh, special effects and stage makeup and all that stuff. But I actually almost went to school for that. I was considering that as a career path. Um you can still Which, do it as like a hobby. Oh you get my Get better and better and better yeah. at it, and then just have that be like a side gig for you. For you live in yeah. Chicago, for like little photo shoots and stuff, you could do like special effects makeup oh my gosh. and things like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, but the materials are so expensive. That's the only thing. Yeah, like, you just have the to like nine, the latex and all that. I know it's one of those things. It's like you always want to be making enough to have to pay taxes just so you can write off all that stuff. <laughs> at the end of the year like when I was working primarily as like a quote-unquote actor the shit that I wrote off at the end of the year IRS if you're listening to this turn it off um but it was like (laughs) I'd be like 
clothes for wardrobe, makeup and like all this stuff. And I don't wear a lot of makeup. So for me, like having that, I was like, well, I can just write it off on my taxes when I buy makeup, the $15 (laughs) I've spent or whatever. Oh my God, I'm terrible. Um, All right. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we should, well, let's say you're a listener of the show. You're familiar with all of this. And we just kind of interacted once I opened up the the door to you all to reach out to me for I, so I could start to kind of see who would be a good fit for the show and all that kind of stuff. So we yeah. met through that. Um, and I don't know, I'm trying to think slid if there's in, anything else. Into that the good old DMs. Slid into the good. Oh, so sexy. <laughs> They just slid right in there and they were like, hey, girl, what's up? Ain't, ain't no thing. <laughs> I heard you were looking for someone new. <laughs> what you doing later? And I was like, oh, I my said, gosh, Meg, what? <laughs> said, hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> oh, stop. I'm getting excited over here. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we do have some news stories for you today. And I'm going to start out with the story that I sent Meg a video of this Total shenanigans uh, earlier today or last night. I don't remember, but there was a woman by the name of Annabella Rockwell who was on Tucker Carlson's show. And can I say Tucker Carlson, his face reminds me of like every toddler that I've ever babysat while they're watching TV where their face (laughs) is just kind of like like drooped open and there's nothing really going on in front of their eyes. Like the whole interview, he's just standing there like a fish with his mouth hanging open. And there's this like beautiful blonde woman. And she is talking about how she had to be professionally deprogrammed after attending a liberal all-female college. She claims that her mom, Belinda, paid $300 a day for a quote, wokeism deprogrammer. And I Googled wokeism deprogrammer, and essentially it was like only this story, but there was one other YouTube video of this guy. Did I write down the name of this YouTube video? I hope that I did. Oh, is it the guy who was just like explaining or just kind of like talking about it? Or it's called it like something different? in order. It wasn't about this story. It was just like there's a oh. YouTube page. Maybe it's still on my phone shit. But there was a YouTube page where this guy, it was like something in order. And it was like how to deprogram the woke out of your child or something like that. Like there was like a series of these videos. Yeah. And that was one of them that he did. Because I was curious. I was like, is this a like... Her, what did her mom do <laughs> to find a deep programmer for wokeness? Like, what was the Google search? You yeah, know what I mean? that's some really sketchy shit. And I actually, okay, I just want to go look at the uh, initial post that you sent me, and it says that it's unavailable now. I don't know what happened to it, but I want to go look at that for like names and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. You're fine. You're um, fine. Anywho, um, Yeah, I just want to know, like, what that Google search would look like for her to be like, I need a special kind of cult deprogrammer for, like, the liberal left. I just feel like it's a very niche market. I don't even feel like that's something that you can actually, like, Google search. I feel like that's got to be like, oh, I know a guy who knows a guy type of thing. Yeah. Which is even more frightening. But that actually makes sense. So she is an heiress. She's a pharmaceutical heiress, which I didn't know was a thing. But I guess that makes sense if you're, like, the granddaughter of the Xanax creator. Like, 
that sounds pretty great. Um, so I'm assuming it's something similar like that, but she's super fucking rich and like grew up amongst a lot of wealth and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if like in the conservative circles that her mom was in, if they were like, oh, don't worry, honey, I got a guy. Like, I'll just send him your way to take care of your yeah. daughter. That would no, make yeah, that, de- that definitely seems very like hitmanish. Like, oh, my daughter goes to college and then... <laughs> Oh, she's she's starting to spew all this like quote unquote woke nonsense. So like, yeah. oh, like it's it's okay. I found I found you this guy. Yeah, you know? but like, I wonder. This- I wonder if she um n- like knew what this was about before this happened. Like, I wonder if right. her mom told her exactly like what was gonna. I feel like it would be, I feel like it would be like an intervention situation. Like that's how I'm picturing it. But I wonder because, so actually I found this website. It was a photographer's website and there was a photo series. This photographer did of this woman, Annabella Rockwell from age nine to 26. And there's a picture of her. And then below it, there's like a description of like what she wants to be when she grows up at that time her favorite thing to do. It's crazy. So I felt like kind of creepy looking at it, but there's all these photos and then her handwriting. And one of them said um, something about like the closeness to her mom and all this kind of stuff. And they describe the mother and daughter as being like best friends or whatever. Right. And the catalyst to it was that she stopped talking to her mom. And that estrangement is what made her mom then be like, I have to find somebody to help me bring my daughter back. That's see, that's just so scary though, because like I don't I don't speak to my father for um not like exactly the same reasons, but like there right. are some reasons that overlap where it's just kind of like we like we cannot have a conversation. We have completely differing views. Like it yeah. is not healthy for me to have a relationship with him. And the idea of, like, I don't know, just the idea of me being in that girl's shoes is so utterly horrific. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if, like, I haven't talked to my dad in, like, six or seven years. I can't remember. But I have nightmares where, all the time still, where I'm in the same room as him and I'm screaming at him to go away. Because I'm the thought of having to be in the same room with uh, with him is so scary to me. And I don't know why, Mm -hmm. especially in my dreams. I'm like, get the fuck out. And I'm screaming. And, yeah, especially if she truly decided at this point, like, you know, maybe my conservative family is not supportive of me anymore. And I've gone Mm -hmm. to this other liberal school and I'm going to move on with my life. It's also interesting because I feel like the opposite has happened so much of like, I truly believe that a lot of these Trump supporters have been brainwashed into like the cult of Trump. Yet you don't hear, you know, me calling a deprogrammer on, you know, my dad's family to go take care of them, to deprogram deprogram them out of believing everything that the right says like you don't hear about it really the other way around so it is kind of an interesting uh way to go about it but annabella oh sorry you go oh i was just gonna say correct me if i'm wrong but like tucker carlson like definitely like phrased it like that didn't he he was like oh well like this is something that we have to do against the left X, Y, Z, like something like that. He was making yeah. it seem like parents. This is, this is what love is. This is what you have to do to keep your child from like 
falling prey yeah. of these messages that are be sent, being sent out. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, she was telling the New York Post that she left the school feeling very anxious and depressed and sad. She says, I saw everything through the lens of oppression and bias and victimhood. I came to the school as someone who saw everyone equally. I left looking for injustice wherever I could and automatically assuming that all white men were sexist. My thoughts were no longer my own. Who, honey. This next part really got to me because she was a competitive figure skater growing up. Oh. No, one of your brethren, one of my brethren. Well, I mean, (laughs) skating is such an elitist sport. Like it totally doesn't even surprise me. But the first picture in that photo series I was telling you about was a picture of her at age nine in like a skating costume Mm -hmm. and her skates and stuff. And it said that she wanted to grow up to be a professional figure skater during that time. But then Mm -hmm. she started getting into like tennis and wanted to be a model. And she wrote like on the one, you know, she's probably like 16 when she wrote that she wanted to be a model. And she was like, but I don't want to be one of those stupid ones. Like, I want to be really smart. And like, she sounds like kind of funny and cool in a lot of those. And she went to this college called Mount Holyoke College. And it's one of the seven sister schools. And that's the school that she's talking about that, like, quote unquote, indoctrinated her. And the seven sister schools are like, you know, Sarah Lawrence and all those other kind of like subdivided schools from like typically historically all male schools, like their female counterparts or whatever. And it's also known for being super liberal. I went to the MountHollyoakNews.com website. There was an article from 2018 and they were talking about this uh, tradition for freshmen when you came to the school that you would cut all of your long hair off as a way of like essentially saying like, fuck you to gender roles. And this was incredibly disturbing to her. She was like, I didn't take part in any of that. Like I kept my long hair. I wasn't going to chop it off. And in the article, it was talking about how um, for many, this haircut is a radical assertion of their LGBTQ identities. And for others, it is a it is simply the result of taking one time consuming shower too many. So it is kind of like a thing that these like women at the college do for fun. She decided not to partake. And then she said it wasn't until her junior year when she took a gender studies class that she began to feel a shift. The dreaded gender studies classes where the professor told her about the patriarchy. She says she barely knew what that word meant. I don't know what she was talking about. I wasn't someone that into feminism. I just knew I felt I had always been free to do whatever I wanted. I never experienced sexism, but I was told there's the patriarchy and you don't even understand it's been working against you your whole life. You've been oppressed and you didn't even know. Now you have to fight it. And I just went down this deep rabbit hole like we gave her the red pill. (laughs) Well, like there's so many factors that. Like, okay, first of all, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, wait, (laughs) wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, there are so many factors that lead into someone from her status not having experienced, like, blatant things that would go off as, like, a like a bell, you know? Or, like, hundred, you think like that, that was sexism, yeah. Yeah, as, like, you think that things are normal when things aren't normal, because that happens to a lot of us when we are children, and also... And when you know, we're like, told those things are normal, we don't second-guess them either. 
Yeah. And in Western culture where binary is super black and white, you know, like you are not going to, you are not going to necessarily question gender and sexuality unless you are given the chance to breathe and actually like given the chance to think about that stuff. So crazy concept that you're taking a class where you're supposed to learn things and, (laughs) oh, I don't know, think for yourself. (laughs) And I learned things. I didn't want to learn those things. Heaven forbid you learn things. (laughs) I want to know. I want to know if she signed up for this class or if this class was like mandatory. I mean, I feel like you have to sign up for it. There's no way, even though this is like a liberal college, there's no way that a gender studies class is mandatory. There's no way. I'm I'm thinking like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I don't know different schools curriculums. Like, I feel like in the back of my head, maybe there could be a chance that. Something Let's like give them the benefit of the doubt and say that you do have to take some sort of like liberal arts ish kind of, I don't know, some sort of class like that. Yeah. But even so, I feel like you it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with all of it. I mean, the way that she talks yeah. about it is like her teachers were actually like the professors were telling her, you can't talk to your mom anymore. Like they were encouraging alienation. Like cut off all ties with anyone that thinks differently. Uh, She said that they would encourage students to like stay for holidays and summer breaks and be like, just stay on campus, stay on campus to like keep them from their parents and all of this kind of stuff, which to me, when I hear that, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's kids who don't feel safe going back to their parents because there is a very large amount of like queer women that go to this school historically and maybe if they're from these conservative families maybe if they had the opportunity like to harry potter it and stay on campus for the holiday i say go for it but she is taking it as like they forced the students like i don't know that's what i'm assuming i go to a very queer institution and i love i know a lot of people who don't go home for holidays yeah or they just stay in the city But also, I'm just thinking of like, yes, it is important to have a gender affirming classroom. But what I want to know is the class size, because I guarantee you that was a lecture hall. And like, the like that professor did not have individual relationships with every single one of those students. No, it wasn't a conversation. It was just like she was saying the professor was like blatantly just being like, don't go home. Yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't a co- like it was probably something that was in a lecture that was stated to like a big group of people rather than like Got having it. a conversation. Well, no, that's what I'm like guessing. I don't know, because I'm not really no. sure how she would think that. But to me, it seems like it would be more likely that if that were happening and there were students that wanted to be able to stay somewhere else for the holidays that it probably would be something that the teachers would say like, Hey, if you need someone to talk to, feel free to come yeah, to me and we can figure something how, out. You know what I mean? That's how I'm imagining it too. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine I just, a teacher. I think she's exaggerating. I think all of this oh, is absolutely take it with a pound and a half of salt. So her mom, this is when like they start being estranged and her mom, Belinda said, everyone is so sure it won't happen to their child but it will. Professors and older students tell the students they are special. It's like they're anointed. Then they tell them how oppressed they are and what victims they are and how they have to go out in the world and be activists to stop the oppression. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) Like, I don't really see what, 
like, I don't even think a lot of the things that she's saying are a bad thing. None of the, like, they're telling them they're special. Well, they are special. Everyone's special. And then they're telling them how they're oppressed. Well, maybe they are oppressed in some ways that they didn't know about it. And now they want to fight back about it. But she's saying it like, oh, they're telling these kids, they're grooming them into thinking they've been through some horrible things. And now they have to fight that injustice. (laughs) And like how, oh my God, just like for the mom's sake, like how in the hell does that directly affect you? Like, please show me the Carfax. <laughs> like, like, what? How does that affect you? It's true. And I think that that's kind of what you can boil like most political arguments down to where it's like, is this really affecting you as much as you're letting it? Because it's probably not. Um, There was another former student that came forward who was also conservative. And she said that she left the school after a year due to bullying and that the entire culture of the school revolves around, quote, hating men and being a lesbian, to which I say, sign me up. Um, But also I said... (laughs) I was like, no, girl, you chose an all female liberal college, which is like crack to queer kids. Like, of course, everyone like, of course, you're going to get like the man hating like and I'm not like advocating for that. But like, that's, I think, something normal that women say, like men are trash and whatever. Like, you're going to hear that kind of stuff. And And especially if you're in college and you're going through that phase of you know, like maybe your home was super repressed. Maybe you didn't have the opportunity to speak out and like say what was on your mind. Yeah. And now that you're in college, you know, you get that wave of freedom. And I know a lot of people in their, you know, twenties who will like say stuff like that. And like, I don't know, maybe they mean it, maybe they don't, you know, whatever, whatever the fuck, but you know, especially if you're amongst friends and classmates, it's like, You're going to hear it. It's part of life. It's like you're just like it's just women being comfortable in their own environment. (laughs) Well, and then it's also like I was just thinking that it's kind of hypocritical as well, because the way that you will hear a man talk about women on campus as well is going to be very much the same. They'll probably be saying a lot more dangerous things and just being like men are trash. You know, like I think that there's a lot of hypocrisy going on in that as well. Uh, But this one chick goes on saying, if you send your kid there, you're signing them up to hate the patriarchy and white people and the founding stock of our country. It's a bastardization of higher education for the sake of weaponizing naive young women for the sake of advancing a toxic agenda. Wow. Bastardization, higher education. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sounds like it should be in a rap song. I was going to say, I was like, wow, that rhymes. I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda now. (laughs) This reminds me of like that one video where they're just like these college students, like college isn't fun anymore. They're deliberately uglifying themselves. Like all of that. (laughs) What is that from? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Is it like a TikTok thing? It, oh, yeah, it's like see I that I get I get all my TikTok videos on Instagram like two months later, okay. so I'm the not it, the person to ask. It, it I don't even know. It could be a Tucker Carlson video for all I know, but like I just I know I saw the interview and then like people started using it as a sound on TikTok and it started going viral because it was just like the, all the Tucker Carlson interview aspect is ringing yeah. a little bit of bells. But go on. But yeah, no, they're just like college. Or no, it was it was like the five or whatever it was. So it's like it's like oh. these five Republicans like sitting around a table and this dude is just like 
college doesn't look fun anymore. Like basically just saying, you know, like all these, like these kids are like queer, they're uglifying themselves. Like they're caring about all of these like gender studies and liberal issues. And basically just saying like college is like a worse, a waste of time now. Cause like, what are you actually learning yeah. at school? Like, and it's also it's like, not, our, yeah. the girls aren't hot anymore. We can't Brett yeah. Kavanaugh it. You know what I mean? I think that there's like a lot of that in the culture of men being like, well, nothing, we can't be ourselves anymore. Damn it. We can't rape and sexually assault freely without ramifications i think there's just yeah. a lot of that going Brats around are held accountable oh my god it's insane <laughs> well and it's like i also think about you know i had an ex who would be so mean to me if i like didn't wear makeup he would call me a little boy if i was in like sweats and just like so demeaning oh about god. things like that and i feel like men have this expectation of having something around them that's pretty to look at and if they don't like what they see, they take it into their own hands to be able to say something about it because they feel like they have the right to. And I think that that is really like what they're talking about and what you, the video that you were just talking about, where yeah. it's like, I also just really want like women to care about being pretty and dumb and listening to what I have to say and have them stay home and make my babies and my dinner and grab me a beer. And that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, should we move on to the story that you want to talk about real quick? Uh, yeah. So I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what is going on in Iran right now, primarily mm -hmm. just because I listen to like a lot of news and a lot of different podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I have barely heard anything about um like the protests in uh, regards to Masa Amini and how those have progressed. Yeah. Um, and it's really disheartening for me because yeah. Yeah. I've heard snippets about it, but I haven't really seen a ton of people covering it. I've kind of have, I've kind of had to scour for articles. I mean, there's been like New York times and NPR and all this stuff, but like they're very short articles that don't necessarily give a lot of information. And they're always like a week apart from each other, mm. which it, it's just super upsetting. It is. Well, um, I think that when Masa Amini was first murdered, it was very much in the public consciousness. It was in the news and in the media a lot and people mm -hmm. were really focused on it. But the way that our news cycle works, unfortunately, is that unless there are, which, well, in my opinion, from what I've read, those kinds of attacks are now happening by like the hundreds and thousands, but now we're yeah. almost becoming like desensitized to it and we're not realizing the number. And I think another big part of that is just from talking about a little bit before on the show, knowing that like, a lot of the young women out there don't have the internet access mm -hmm. or the capability to be able to tell the truth of what's going on. And so their media yeah. is in such a lockdown that I'm wondering if the reason that we're having such a hard time getting a full picture of all of these events is because the government is working so hard to make sure that these things are being suppressed and it's working. Yeah. And that's what's that definitely up. is. That definitely is part of it. And I don't know, just living you know living in america and um in the state of our country and stuff you know like we yeah sure there's all this horrible stuff going on in the world um but you know like life goes on we're not in the middle of a war we're not in the middle of you know the same things that 
people in Iran are going through. Like we get up, we go to work and we go on with the rest of our day. And, it's and we so typically easy. don't have the, fe- the fear looming over our head of death. Yeah. You well, know, <laughs> it's so easy to get consumed into like the next thing that's going on in the world. And I just like, I just don't think it's fair to these women to no. not get coverage. A hundred percent. So what I'm referring to is I'm sure everyone's heard about the um, Masa Amini protests, but the protests began on September 30th. So it's been like 70 something days. Yeah. Um, it's being referred to as Bloody Friday. Yep. Stemming from Masa Amini. Um, and also the alleged rape of a 15 year old girl. Um, which I didn't hear about right away. It was literally learned about it, literally learned about it today when you told me that you wanted to cover it. And I was trying to learn more about this 15 year old girl because I was like, well, was she arrested during a protest or what? Did you see that she was like being questioned by police about a murder that happened near her home when she was assaulted? No. Yeah. So I thought that it was maybe like she was out protesting or something and the secret police came and took her away or something. But apparently it was just like she was being like not interrogated, just questioned because like a murder happened by her home. Yeah. And this police officer took advantage of her. And then she went and told her mom and her mom was like, fuck this shit. And so a bunch of protests then began popping out outside of the police station. So civilians gathered outside of a police station to protest. And after some time, security forces opened fire on protesters. They violently cracked down on protesters and later opened fire on worshipers holding Friday prayers um, at this one mosque. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name because I will say it wrong. Yeah, Um, I did read, however, that this mosque that was targeted was across the street from the police station. So Mm. it sounds like it was kind of like contained to this one area, but it was like this time of day where there were still like hundreds of people in this mosque doing their Friday prayers. And then those protests like popped up outside of the police station. And then in the retaliation, they ended up going after the church. It's just so fucked up. They had nothing to do with it. In this advance from... Uh, security forces. Uh, it led to a street clash, resulting in 96 protesters being killed, 13 of which being children. And the estimated number is 300 injured, although um, it is estimated that those numbers are much, much higher than what is oh, reported. Yeah. Um, schools were shut down for a period of time due to the massacre. I'm assuming they're open now. I couldn't find anything about that. But just the fact that primary education was shut down due to all of these protests and all of this bloodshed i I can't imagine being a kid going to school yeah no it's i mean especially me as like an educator like that like reading that just really broke my heart Mm -hmm. um i can't imagine being a little girl (laughs) no Um, oh my god because you must feel like you have a target on your back 24 7 yeah kids are the most innocent and like precious creatures in so many ways because it's like they're not bad yet. They haven't really been tainted yet by the world. So whenever anything happens to a child, there is like a certain like like a child yeah. or a puppy. You know, you get that and especially one, this it's that helpless feeling. Yes, like this super super high ended extremism. Like that. Like trauma is delicate, and trauma can be anything. But this, 
that's oh my god and and the and the trauma on top of that is and i'm so glad that there seems to be so many young women who are what well, i say glad but also i'm terrified that they're doing this showing such like strong uh symbols of protest in their lives by not wearing the hijab or cutting their hair you know there have been all of these videos and stuff that have been posted of these young iranian women doing these like super badass things that could wind up getting them killed <laughs> or imprisoned mm-hmm. and things like that but i can't imagine growing up being told all the time that i'm inferior or that i you know i'm not allowed to do certain things or be a certain way and then on top mm-hmm. of that being told now that the threat of my death or my assault is that much higher because of my gender would be very confusing. Yeah. I feel like for a kid to understand because I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it. I'd be like, why was, what is going on and why is this happening around me? And like yeah. the unknowing must be so scary for kids as well. The Amnesty International report stated that hundreds of people, including children and older women, were still performing their Friday prayers, a minority of protesters throwing stones towards the police station. Oh, oh my there gosh. Was, there was a minority of protesters throwing stones towards the police station, um, but they found no evidence that would justify the use for lethal force. No. <laughs> yeah. Throwing stones versus like metal pellets and tear gas and ammunition. I don't know. That just doesn't equate to me. Yeah. So within the past couple of days, the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights um, called for independent, impartial, and transparent investigative processes to be taken into place in regards to what is going in in Iran. So the United Nations, like they are taking action, but like I, I haven't heard anything about this within the past couple of days. They just kind of have said, hey, we're going to uh, do this independent investigation of what's going on here, but I haven't heard anything about that. The only um, kind of like whisper that I heard about that was actually that Iran possibly would be denying the UN's assistance. But that's literally all I know. I don't know why, okay. <laughs> but I saw something like at the very bottom of an article. So I'm wondering if maybe that's something that is in discussion right now, um, because I was wondering. I'm assuming it is because it's a big issue. But yeah, like... but I'm I'm just wondering why they wouldn't want. I mean, unless it's the. Iranian government, which is trying to suppress all this information that's telling the UN that they don't want this private investigation? Or is it the protesters of Iran who are saying they don't want the, you know, like that's what's unclear to me when I was reading it, because I Mm. wasn't sure who doesn't want the investigation, because I can see how like the government that's okaying all of this wouldn't want an investigation because they don't want to be stopped. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. But yeah, I found that very interesting as well. And I'm hoping that if the UN isn't able to do anything to help, that maybe at least, um, you know, Amnesty International and there's lots of other, you know, great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Charities. There's another word I was looking for. But there are a lot of organizations. organizations yeah. Or we'll just give it the blanketed organizations word yeah. um, that are doing their best to try to give as like accurate of numbers, I guess, as mm-hmm. they can. But it's got to be frustrating. Just, Iran did just uh, release the numbers that at least like 300 people have been yeah. killed. 
But do we trust it? Or is it like, that's the thing. Like, I just don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's been more from all of the different stories that I've heard. And I just don't know because there is such like a media blockade. I'm like, are we getting the full picture and the full story of everything? Yeah. So I don't know. That's where I'm at. I feel like I'm not getting all the information that I should be getting from Iran. And it's so, it's Uh, just so concerning and it's so scary. Yeah. Here's a little quote that I found from the guardian. U.S. news has been sporadic and politicians have been super quiet, obviously. And it says that this is probably due to the fact that followers may have failed to followers of the protests and supporters of the women who are protesting. That is um, followers may have failed to imagine how many people stop listening at the first word woman. There are many, Mm. there are many, including apparently several U.S. Supreme Court justices who secretly or openly believe that women's rights are a negligible subset of human rights. Threw my hands up in the air. I can't anymore. I hate the Supreme Court. There is an Iranian American journalist um, who wrote for Washington Post that said, and I quote, when will Western feminists help? I want to broke my heart. I I know know, because you read that and it immediately is like, okay, well, now is my personal responsibility as a Western feminist. I want to help. And I I I try to tell myself that at least talking about it on this sort of platform is helping in some way, but like it's never gonna feel like enough. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to make it to Iran to be able to be there myself personally. And I want to know how to help tell us we will i want to yeah i i feel like as of right now in the situation that we're in the most that we can do is just make noise about it i think definitely having like a a bigger social media presence would be important but i think that that's that's tough to control you know what i mean because there's so many different Mm -hmm. i mean in the u.s there's a new shooting every week i think for the last three mini episodes or something yeah talked about a different shooting and it's like there's a there's constant tragedy that I understand why things move so quickly but like that was something that Keegan and I talked a lot about during the George Floyd protest was this fear of like when everyone's going to stop caring and it lasted a while where people cared but then you know it that movement has really gone by the wayside in the last few I've been thinking about that a lot recently actually like just because people have been bringing up, you know, COVID times and yeah. stuff. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It's its just like hitting me more and more how much that energy has faded. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, bring it back, bring it back. Like, we were like, we were closer than we have been for a while. I know, know. And so much of it, you know, it's like we got a little bit, but then not really any real substantial change. And then in my opinion, just with how the Supreme court has changed, it's made things so much more difficult. And I had, you know, taken a little bit of notes on this and we're not going to end up talking about it, but the respect for marriage act just passed this week and it Mm -hmm. hasn't been like signed by Biden or anything yet, but like, it's looking like it's definitely going to go through. And one of the big subjects of that act is same-sex marriage, but interracial marriage is also part of that. So there were like mm-hmm. 36 Republicans that 
voted against it. And even though a oh, lot yeah. of it and is like about- like Mitch McConnell, who's like yeah. married. Yeah. Oh my God, stop. Well, and it was like religious reasons or whatever for them. But, you know, it's like, they're not realizing what else they're saying no to. And I think that that's really, yeah. really shitty and archaic and insane that we would even have to have- the topic of interracial marriage as a conversation. It's absurd that same-sex marriage would be part of the conversation, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's upsetting. And I think that because we have such a powerful like entity blocking all of the progress, it truly, like you said, the only thing that we can really do is continue to make noise about it. And mm-hmm. lucky for everyone, I never shut up. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a really quick commercial break before we move on to the last story. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about was like breaking news for us today. We're recording on Thursday night. On Thursday, Kanye was a guest on Alex Jones's show Infowars and it was a live stream. I know like very little. I mean, I know a lot about Alex Jones. Like I know his issues with like the Parkland kids and things like that. But I feel like there are people that will hate watch those videos or like Joe Rogan and things like that. Well, they'll watch it specifically to get mad about it. And I my mental energy can't. No, No, I no, just no. I can't do it. So I'm not really familiar. Like, I know that Alex Jones has a show called Infowars. I don't know if they're all live streamed or whatever, but they're live. And he has Kanye as a guest on his show. And I was telling you this when I was kind of like saying what stories you were going to do. I was telling my boyfriend, Max, that, you know, Kanye like fucked up 
during, you know, Alex Jones's show today. And he was like, well, it couldn't be any worse. And I'm like, well, it wasn't any better. <laughs> like <laughs> it was still terrible. Um, <laughs> he was complimenting Hitler over and over again, saying at one point, quote, every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Especially. Yeah, like what, sir? <laughs> you just like ba- dead pan face. <laughs> back up. Because it's just so ridiculous. Like- I know. Well, there's the people that are like, oh, it's such a shame. Like Hitler was so good to animals. He was such a good painter. And it's like, yes, but like, let's look at the overall picture here. Six million yeah. Jewish people losing their lives, right? Um, but that's not Kanye's opinion, at least right now in whatever state he's in. Um, he blamed numerous things on Zionists, saying, quote, it's Satan that gets inside of the Zionists' head and makes them do evil things. Kanye, the whole time I was reading this, I'm like, how are you saying these things out loud? And Alex Jones actually seemed super uncomfortable, surprisingly. He kept being like, no, I don't like Nazis. I don't like Nazis, like trying to make himself look better, which then almost made Kanye like angrier and doubled down. So Alex Jones tried to tries to go to a commercial break and says something about not liking Nazis. And then right as they're about to cut, Kanye jumps in and goes, I like Hitler. Come on. Like, hey, hey, man, you got your point across the first time. Thank well, you for. <laughs> exactly. We get it. Like, it just keeps going. And yeah. at this like point, you're already, you're already spouting anti-Semitic comments like you you really just put the cherry on top there, you know, like, hey, like, just in case, like, anybody, like, didn't understand what I was saying, I like Hitler. Like, I like Hitler a lot. Dude. Let me explain how much and why and reasons that I don't like Jewish people. Yeah, he's just, like, going on further explanations for the things yeah. that he's already said. And Alex Jones said to Kanye at one time, you've got a little bit of a Hitler fetish going on, which I think is the weirdest way of putting it. It's so gross, but like he kind of does. And I was mentioning this to you earlier. I read an article a while ago and it was talking about how people who had worked with Kanye in the past had heard him talk about Hitler positively, have seen him, you know, with like certain books and things like that. But I, when I first heard it, I didn't, I took it with a grain of salt because I was like, there's probably people out there that might be like amplifying this story because of what he said. But with these comments, it makes me think that a lot of those things that people in his life were saying were true. I am just like listening to you uh, say that stuff. I just think about when he's still, I mean, his kids are going to be messed up anyway, because all that they're upset are exposed to yes but like i just i i really want to know how much of that he tried to put into their heads okay i'm so glad that you said that because i didn't want to forget mentioning it because that's literally what i thought the entire time i was taking my notes i was like these poor kids who are like stuck. I I didn't look it up, but I'm like, I want to know what their custody arrangement is going to be like through this divorce. What does him have to say for all of this? Like, I personally think that it's not Kim's responsibility necessarily to come forward, but I do think that if I were her, I'd come forward and say something and talk yeah, about whether, wanting to protect my kids. Whether you or like something. it or not, that's the father of your children. And yes. <clears throat> like you're gonna have 
you're gonna have ties to that person as long as you're as long as like custody is 18 years parents. 18 years she had one of your kids had you for 18 years kanye yep. already said it himself I'm so sorry for quoting Kanye in any sort of light, um, but I could I can't help it. Someone used that as yeah. a meme the other day, and I was like, "Oh my god, there, he was right." Um, mm-hmm. He also went on to comment on Hitler's fashion sense. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "That's really funny, actually." Cute fit Hitler, and then then then. He goes on to his Holocaust denying bullshit. And this is something that I've mm. never understood. I've never understood people's thought process behind this. He says Hitler, quote, didn't kill six million Jews and that it was, quote, factually incorrect. The Holocaust is not what happened. Then what did? <laughs> so he was joined on the show by these other assholes named Nick Fuentes and Ali Alexander. I was going to say Ali, but I feel like it's Ali. So Jones, Fuentes, and Alexander are all banned on Twitter. So Kanye let them tweet out to his 3.2 million followers from his account. And Alexander Mm. tweeted, all caps, investigate the civil rights and due process violations of the J6 political prisoners. That's what he chose to tweet. (laughs) Like these people think they're so like smart and funny but luckily no you're just an idiot (laughs) no you're just dumb like you think that you're getting this message out to the masses because twitter won't let you play with them anymore but really you just like you're playing to a smaller audience now than ever too on twitter which is just like i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me but republicans from the house judiciary committee have deleted a tweet from october 6th which you probably saw this online because it was everywhere it was just three names they said kanye elon trump and that was tweeted from the fucking house judiciary committee they deleted that tweet thankfully now finally and house minority leader kevin mccarthy a republican from california said that kanye's interview was quote disgusting and unbelievable i think it's incredibly believable from what we've been seeing for the last few months um so i don't agree with him there but it is disgusting He also told an NBC reporter that Republicans and the entire nation condemn his remarks. The leader of the Republican Jewish coalition called Kanye's statements a, quote, horrific cesspool of dangerous, bigoted Jewish hatred. Uh, The former senator of Minnesota, I think he was the last senator before I moved out of the state, Norm Coleman, who is a Republican, said, quote, conservatives who have mistakenly indulged Kanye West must have it clear that he is a pariah which I loved that word to describe him. Like he is not someone to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. He is someone that we should be like shunning and keeping at an arm's length. And especially like, I hope that the people who are still really pro Trump are seeing this because like Trump invited him and one of the other guys on the show over to dinner at Mar-a-Lago and Mm -hmm. like they're buddy, buddy. And it's like, well, If you like Trump, but you don't like, you know, I'm hoping that people will start to see that, like, we shouldn't be supporting Kanye anymore. I think a lot of people are still struggling with the idea of that and not wanting to get rid of, you know, their Yeezys and their music and things. There was there was a mural on the west side of Chicago of Kanye that oh. got painted over by the it was the original artist who had painted it over. Oh wow, too. I love so that. So it wasn't 
So it, it wasn't, wasn't like a, a, a vandalism yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like someone was like, because this was around the time when um, Kanye pulled that shit with the fashion show. Yes, and the White Lives Matter shirts. Stuff. Yeah. So immediately after, or there's this Instagram account called uh, Chicago Media Take Me Out. And it just has stuff that's going on around the city. Like it's yeah. like either really frivolous stuff or like actually like really serious stuff about about like new laws being in effect, like protests, oh, cool. like stuff like that. And anyway, I was like, I was like going to my aunt's house in the suburbs and I was just looking at my phone and I saw that um there was this huge fuss over this mural being painted over. And my initial thing was like, oh, some other person painted over the mural. That's why people are mad. Right. No, it was the initial artist. And it was really clever the way that he did it because he only blocked out his figure. So like the background and everything else is still there. Oh. But now it's just a blank figure. But and that's kind of the- like another kind of cool part. Like the art kind of evolved almost in a way. It's like mm-hmm. all that prettiness is like still there but then like the actual mm-hmm. person at the head of it is gone yeah but here's the thing is i went to the comments just because oh you're asking for trouble was, well when i was snooping because i was just like i was trying to figure out you're you like know, what's people's damage on this <laughs> yeah and everyone was just like oh my god i can't believe it like like just being like you're ruining chicago history like all this stuff and i'm like <sighs> I was like, I literally don't understand the issue with this. The original artist painted over it. Yeah. I don't know why you want to support this man anymore. Well, is Kanye, Kanye's from Chicago, isn't he? Or he has some ties. I think so. He has a kid he, named Chicago, which makes me think that he does. I think that he is from Chicago. I, I should know this. I'm probably going to be exiled by all my friends for not knowing this. <laughs> but, but like, I feel like that could be part of it too, where people, but like, then I again. Think that's what it is. But still. But that like, shouldn't why? happen. Kind of like when we knocked over all of the Confederate statues and things like that. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, exactly. It's just like, okay, if, like, he's blatantly doing these things, openly doing these things, is aware of the consequences of his actions, Uh and you are sitting here defending this man over over an album that he made 10 years ago. Yeah. And from being from Chicago. Yeah. That's pretty fucking pathetic in my opinion. <laughs> Agreed. I could not agree more. I think you sometimes have yeah. to realize that your idols are people and draw a line when the line is necessary, but always acknowledge when they have made flaws and mistakes. I think people mm-hmm. so want to protect their like favorite celebrities and what they mean to them that they're not willing which, to acknowledge their flaws. Yeah, which I understand because like you are aligning yourself with this person especially yeah. if you are like a fan of them you know you are you are associating your image with mm-hmm. this and what person. does that say about you now yeah exactly yeah. well i think we've been talking long enough for a mini episode but meg Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't tell you how thankful I am that I wasn't talking to myself and making conversation with myself. And my pleasure. Yeah, maybe we'll see some more of Meg coming up. We'll see. Oh my God. Yes, please come back. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to do the little spiel after this with all of the find me on Facebook. Thank you so much to everybody for listening to yet another mini episode. I would love to hear what you have to say about today's episode, so please write to me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com 
or direct message me on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. If you want to follow my personal page on Instagram, it's at She's Madigan. That's S-H-E-S-M-A-D-I-G-A-N. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review the show on the business page and chat with the other listeners in the group page. I haven't pushed merch in a while. If you want to have any of your Angry Neighborhood Feminist merch, there's always a link in the show notes every single week. So go ahead and check it out there. Maybe it would make a fun holiday present. I know we have some awesome holiday-inspired designs that Keegan and I came up with last year that are still available. And if you haven't yet given the show a rating and a review, please go to either Apple Podcasts or Spotify to show your support for the show. All right, that's all I have for you today. With all that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy. But how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear. And each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.